What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibbs. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. Before we get any further into today's episode, I would like you to go over to iTunes or wherever you get this podcast and leave us a rating and review. It helps the show to grow up on the charts as well as continue to tell the SID story. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Infocast and sign up for our newsletter at sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter. Now, let's get into today's conversation. Welcome back to another episode of SIDcast, guys. Before we get any further into what I'm about to tell you, uh, be sure to do as the intro says. If you want to sign up for our newsletter, go to sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter. Uh, fill out a couple quick questions, and then you'll be able to uh, get SIDcast episodes straight to your inbox. Also, leave us a rating and a review. I think it's been a little while since I've, I've said anything like that. Um, helps the show grow a little bit more uh, each and every day just by the listens that you guys do, but also um the the comments or, or any of the ratings that you leave if you want to give me a five star great if you want to give me a one star great just be sure to to go ahead and go over and do that on your favorite podcasting app uh especially itunes itunes is kind of the the, the king here i would argue um depending on hosting i mean it's a whole different story but i would say itunes right now is that i mean it's built into your phone basically um so yeah, be sure to go over and do that. Now, I say something into today's episode that uh, a lot of people um, seem to agree with me or, or a lot more seem to disagree with me. Um, I hate New Year's resolutions. Uh, I think, and I'm going to clarify that here right now, I think that, um, uh, first of all, a year is too long for your goals. Uh, and secondly... There's nothing that, unless unless you have a different kind of mindset, but like I know for a fact, and everybody else knows this too, I'm going to go to the gym in January, just like I do, 6, 7 o'clock in the morning, and there's going to be a ton of people in there, dozens upon dozens of people. And then in two weeks, maybe three, my normal people are going to be there, and there's only going to be a handful of us that early in the morning, because one... Having a year long gives you an excuse because you're like, oh, I have until next December or I have until next January. Um, I can skip the gym today. Uh, I can go off my diet right now, maybe just for today, get back to it tomorrow. Um, Maybe it's getting up early or maybe having a connection with your spouse. You're like, oh, we can push that off. We can push that off. Um, Eventually, it's going to get to the point where it's going to be March and April and you could completely abandon your plan altogether. Uh, If you are one of those people, I'm about to share some things with you, and this is something that uh, I decided to do to kind of, because I felt like not having an intro, saying all this, and then not bringing anything else to the table. Um, So I'm going to share with you what I do. Uh, If you are somebody who is sitting there thinking, why should I listen to anything this guy says? I'm just going to skip it, then hell, skip it. I I mean, I don't care. You can stay back where, where you're at. Uh, the rest of us, if we want to push forward, if we want to uh, better ourselves in every area of our life, basically, uh, this is what we're going to do. And I'm just going to share a few tips with with you guys uh, the next couple of episodes up until January um, to get you ahead. And, uh, and if anything, if you want to do anything, if you want to make a commitment for the next year or the next two years or the next five years or the next 10 years, um, push yourself to be better. And that's what I'm going to do with you today. My plan now comes with a lot of what I do in a men's group called Order of Man. Um, if you are a man that listens to this podcast, um, you could absolutely join that group. It is single-handedly some of the, the strategies and the discussions that are in there um, pulled me out of my depression and helped me push to where I am now. Uh, nothing happens. I mean, yes, luck exists, but getting to where I'm at right now and going to where I'm going to be in the future. Uh, that's not just going to be luck. That's going to be tactical moves made by me uh, each and every day. So the first thing you need to start thinking about is your vision. 
And how do you formulate a vision? I mean, we've talked about this a lot in the past couple of episodes. How do I make my vision? Um, first of all, there are two different ways to push yourself. It's, well, there's, okay. So when you exercise, you have your pushes and your pulls. Your pushes are the things that used to be you. Whether it be yourself right now, uh, you're like, I don't like the way that um, I can't wake up in the morning or, or the way that uh, I handled this situation X number of years ago. If you have any regret, which again, I don't think you should because everything is a learning experience. But if you have anything like that, um, that's your push. And I'm also reading the book right now called uh, When Without Pitching. And I think the uh, there was one of a quote that I was asking if you were to be asked if you wanted to be strong or weak, who would really say weak? And there was a couple other things that in that book that says uh, there, there are people who choose to be strong because they've experienced uh, the form of the two and they never want to feel that way ever again. So that's your push. Your pull is what you want to be or who you're going to be. Um, you can do this by... And it's a morbid exercise, but you can do this by writing your eulogy, not for who you are now, but who you want to be or who you want to be um, when they're talking about you, you know, after you've passed. Uh, do you want to be a better community leader? Do you want to be an athletic director? Do you want to have some sort of charitable uh, organization that you have dedicated yourself to? Um, do you want to be known as loving? Do you want to be known as, as a hell of an athlete, a marathoner, you know, things like that. Um, that's what you do. Those are your pushes and your pulls. So when you think about that over the next week or so, um, then we can kind of construct your vision and we will start knocking these things out over the next 90 days. I will be way more transparent with you guys about my goals over the next 90 days. So one, I want more accountability in my life. And I think that being able to share this stuff with you guys is going to do that. Actually, I know it's going to do that. And two, um, it will, it, it's 90 days is a short enough goal to where you can't just slack off every day. Um, and next week we will talk about the, the goals and tactics in the different areas of your life that uh, you can start improving upon. So, yeah, over the next week or so, you need to start thinking about your vision. Uh, share us, share with us your vision. Um, you can do that by doing going over to our social channels or just messaging me if you have any questions or if you have any comments or anything like that. Um, be sure to do that. So, yeah, I know that this is a little bit of a longer intro, but those are some things that I just I feel like I should share. I mean, um, it, what's worked for me, obviously, uh, might work for some of you, might not work for others. Uh, and that's okay. You just got to find the thing that works best for you. Uh, today we have Billy Mag Magnum, Mangum, excuse me, of uh, Life Athletics. I knew of his name when he was at Central Methodist. Um, and now he's been at Life for a little bit now. Uh, we talk a lot about the growth mindset, and that's something that we'll discuss here in intros in the next coming weeks. Uh, and how you should always be learning, always be expanding upon where you want to go. Um, we'll also talk with you guys about uh, some of one of the biggest horror stories I've ever heard um, because it affected him monetarily. And then, yeah, we'll just kind of go through his path and where he's been. Uh, we're back to the NAI in this little ranks here. So I'm really excited. So let's get us started with episode number 141 of Cast with Billy Mangum of Life Running Eagles. If you know that, it's because there's... there's uh, like when they have rugby sevens on TV, life always has a team. It seems like, so if you if you heard of that name anywhere, I I'm willing to bet that that might be where either that or you're a tenured NAI person, and you're just like I already know that team, Dave, and you just want me to shut up. So I'll do that for you. One forty one of SID Castle Billy Mangum of Life Athletics, and uh, his sport background growing up right here on SID Cast. So funny story, um, I actually wanted to be a teacher and a coach uh, growing up. Uh, my mom was a teacher, so I grew up, um, really wanted to do that. I played baseball. I played a lot of sports throughout um, growing up, and then I went to Piedmont College to play baseball. Um, one thing kind of led to another. Uh, ended up getting hurt my senior year, and then 
decided I still wanted to kind of help out. So I offered to, you know, do scoreboard and get paid for that. And then that kind of led to me being in the press box a lot. And then I asked if I could do PA and that kind of led to me doing the broadcast. And then one thing kind of led to another. And um, my first boss, Timmy McCormick, he's now the women's soccer coach at Piedmont. Uh, he pretty much just kept giving me opportunity after opportunity and ended up <laughs> pulling, a, pulling a quick change up at the end of my uh, career. Changed my major my second semester of my senior year to uh, <laughs> just English instead of English education. Um, came back for a fifth year and was a intern the full year. So I got to really dive into the stats and writing and everything like that. And then uh, the rest is kind of history. <laughs> yeah, you and I have kind of a, a similar way that we went about going into the college because I, I wanted to be a coach as well. That's what, like, I told everybody, like, everything I got for Christmas was coach, was books on being a coach, you know? And then all of a sudden, I get hurt as well. And they, and then I, I met the SID uh, where I was at the time. And he goes, I like your voice. You're on radio tonight. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's just funny how these, those things work out. Um, what were some responsibilities you got during that fifth year? Uh I mean, what were some things, I mean, you, you said you had done PA and stuff before, but what were some things that they had you do that you might not have expected to do? Um, I really, they kind of gave me the freedom to really do whatever I wanted to do. Um, so I got to travel with the men's basketball team who played at Mercer. So that was an awesome experience. Um, being able to see a D1 atmosphere and everything like that. And um then after that, uh, it was pretty much just, you know, if I wanted to write a story, um, I pretty much became one of the head statisticians. And every time we had a volleyball match, you know, I would I would jump on the broadcast. And then um, my senior year and then that fifth year, we actually hosted a NCAA regional. So I got to kind of take over the the broadcast for that. And um, that that was a huge honor. I got to run uh, pretty much all the play by play. And um, kind of, you know, became like a voice of, uh, you know, Piedmont College Athletics. They call it the Main Event Broadcasting Network, which I think is one of the best pun sports networks in the game because they're the Lions and they spell it M-A-N-E. Oh, I hate that. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's clever. Yeah. It's clever. I think I think it's yeah. clever. Um, but then they uh, they had like a weekly radio show and I would get involved with that. Um, so, I mean, they really kind of gave me the freedom to kind of do whatever I want, but I wouldn't say that I really dove into it until after um, I graduated and went to uh, AUM. How did that freedom feel for you? Because there are a lot of places to where they have a job description, they stick strictly stick to a job description, they might, um, have if at all might go outside of the norm of what they usually do as far as like social media, um, any radio broadcasting, things like that. Uh, so how did that feel and how does that kind of kind of mentored you a little bit as you mentor new student workers into how you uh, run an office? Yeah. I mean, um, kind of, like I said, at Piedmont, it was very much a, you know, dipping my toe in the water experience where, I, I liked the freedom to learn and learn how to do different things, how to navigate a sidearm website, how to navigate stat crew, which is, I guess, almost not even really important anymore. <laughs> um, but I know a lot of people that still use stat crew and it's good to have that knowledge. But I think the freedom to kind of explore really allowed me to develop an interest in it because I wasn't being paid to, you know, run a camera or, you know, I wasn't one of those student workers that just wanted to show up and yeah. run the scoreboard and then clock out and just get my hours. So I think um, the ability to have that freedom to kind of express myself and really kind of figure out what I wanted to pursue, I think that really helped me. Um, and it helps me today when I hire student workers, you know, I try to give them opportunities. Um, it just, you know, it, at such a small level, we're an NAIA school. 
um, the opportunities we can give are, are somewhat limited, but, you know, I try to at least give them those opportunities to take. Having that freedom also probably prevented burnout, didn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say so. Absolutely. Yeah. So during <laughs> those, that year was, was awesome. And then once I uh, graduated, you know, had to hit the real world, get a real job. Um, couldn't be a student worker anymore. So I was applying for everything and, you know, I, I had experience, but I didn't really have that experience that, you know, kind of put me over the edge. So I was kind of in no man's land of, you know, nobody really knew who I was. I hadn't really made a name for myself yet. And, um, nobody was really, you know, hiring at the time, you know, there was a lot of internships and stuff like that but um you know to go live somewhere uh an internship money usually isn't going to cut it and i really didn't want to put myself in a situation like that um so i ended up finding a graduate assistantship at uh auburn university at montgomery and um spent two years in montgomery and they paid for me to live there and honestly i think that is that's probably the you know, keystone of, you know, my career so far is that experience down there in Montgomery. Um, you know, the, the, my boss, uh, Tim Lutz was absolutely phenomenal. Um, showed me everything and he really gave me freedom, but then also, so that was the first time that I had, you know, freedom to explore things, but then also I had deadlines. I had to right. cover sports. I had to, you know, do DAC stats because they were NAIA and then they transitioned to D2. So I got to be a part of that transition. I got to be a part of building their new website, uh, pretty much building an Instagram um, from the ground up with them. So that was, I would say that two years was, I mean, it was about five or six years of experience kind of <laughs> crammed into a, a two year window while I'm getting my master's degree. But before those two years, you just said no man's land. You were kind of lost a little bit. I mean, for those that might find themselves in no man's land, I'm like, there's going to be several people here graduating in December, whether it be with their undergrad or their master's degree, or even people that might find themselves uh, searching for something for one reason or another here coming up. So how did you kind of deal with no man's land personally? Um what are some things, other like tips you can give to those who might be going through the same thing? Yeah. Um, I would definitely say, uh, send out as many, um, like emails as possible. Call people. That's one thing I did was I just, I just called people, you know, I would say, Hey, my name is Billy Mangum. You know, I'm an intern at Piedmont college. I'd really love to talk to you about, you know, the way that you do things. Um, try to build those relationships. And one of the things that I've started to see now, and I mean, even though I'm still very, very young in the career, um, is you never know who, who knows who. You never know if you have an interaction with, you know, let's say um, you're working at, let's, I'll just use one of my student workers because I, I feel like that's a, that's okay. an example. So let's say one of my student workers, um, is working a basketball game and they take the onus on themselves to, you know, take a couple pictures and send those to the SID after the game. Like a little interaction like that goes a long ways because, you know, we're all understaffed. We're all looking for help. And when you go that extra mile, that's something I tried to do um, as an intern. You know, I always tried to, you know, make sure that the other opposing SID had everything they needed that, if they needed like a video clip that I could get that for them, if they could, um, you know, if they needed like a picture or two, or if they needed like goal descriptions or, I mean, the, the little, the little things that, you know, sometimes are overlooked, I think go a long way. And what really helped me in that kind of no land, uh, the, the no man's land was, you know, there's no such thing as you're not qualified for a job, you know, apply to anything and everything. And even even jobs that I wasn't necessarily interested in, I was applying and going through the interview process so I could learn, so I could know, okay, this is how this interview is going to go. Okay, 
these are the types of questions that I'm going to face. Okay, these are some areas that maybe I need to work on personally. And I think the the biggest thing is, you know, moving in a career uh, like this is, you know, you can't be sensitive. You have to have a have a kind of open reception to, okay, well, what can I do better? What can I learn? Because I mean, there are things that I learn. To, I mean, I didn't even know about this app until today that we're recording <laughs> on now. And so it's like, you know, now if I want to start a, a podcast with some of my athletes, this is, an, this is an easy way to go. And I think learning, like taking on a, a mindset of, you know, wanting to learn and rather than I know everything, I think that that gets you, that, that will get you in the door um, also. <laughs> Because this happens to me all the time. If you're sending an email to somebody, make sure you spell their name right. Um, I get people that (laughs) they'll say internship opportunity. I'm like, okay, you know, because I I respond to as many emails as I can. And the first line is Mr. Magnum. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) Come on, guy. Like, like, if if you're going to send an email like that, or if you're going to, you know, reach out to people, make sure you're spelling people's names right. I mean, it's, it's a little thing. It doesn't bother me that much. I mean, I still responded to them. Um, but it, it's all about impressions. You know, if, if you're kind of stuck in that no man's land and you're reaching out to people and you've got uh, spelling mistakes in your email or, you know, you promise them something and, and you don't catch up on that, you know, no. pe- people don't forget. <laughs> and that's one thing that, that I've, I've come to know is, you know, I've had conversations with SIDs where they remember a bad experience they had with, you know, an official, a coach, another SID from like 10, 15, 20 years ago. And it's like, you know, you, you want to move forward and everything like that, but you definitely want to be able to put your, um, your good foot forward and you want to be able to, you know, show these people that you can articulate yourself, you can spell their name right. Um, so I think, making sure that you do the little things, but then also, you know, really putting yourself out there to get opportunities because um, I was fortunate enough that uh, my boss at Piedmont knew my boss at AUM and they were kind of friends with each other. um, And that got me in the door, but I still had to, you know, interview well, like just because I think a lot of people have that misconception of, you know, it's all about who, you know, and, you know, in, in our business, you can know, you can know the AD, but if you can't, you know, if you're not willing to learn, if you don't have the skills, you're not going to move forward in the right. career. Like, it doesn't matter who you know. Um, who you know helps get you in the door. So I would say, you know, definitely be open and don't be, don't be afraid to take on some responsibilities and be honest about what you're not good at. So when I uh, was interviewing for the position at AUM, you know, they asked me about graphic design and I said, you know, to be honest, I haven't done Photoshop stuff since like middle school, but I really want to learn and I really want to get better at at video editing and stuff like that. So you have to kind of deflect away from what you're not as good at and then kind of highlight what you are good at. So at the time, I was really into like video editing. So when they asked me about, you know, graphic design, I said, I'd love to learn more, but let me tell you what I can do for your YouTube channel. So I think knowing how to navigate conversations like that is, is, is really, really, really crucial to, uh, you know, kind of navigating that, um, that no man's land. And, you know, if you hear no, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I I've got turned down for jobs or, how many times, you know, I didn't get an email back, you know, life, life moves on, you keep, you keep bouncing forward. And so like, don't be discouraged if you don't necessarily get that call back, you know, use that as a learning experience to move forward. I'm reading the book right now, uh, Sovereignty, Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Men. Um, and it talks a lot about what you're saying, especially the openness to learn part. Uh, because everybody's like, I think the saying is jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. That's not a good thing. Because, like, yeah, everybody wants to be a master, but nobody wants to put in the work to do it. And nobody's really got the mindset that they that is required. And 
let alone the uh, openness to do these sorts of things. And the book really talks about um, finding your objectives, uh, whether it be in certain areas of your life with your health and stuff like that. I would encourage people to kind of look as we enter a new year. I hate New Year's resolutions, but as we enter a new year, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's yeah. I mean, why do you need it on a side note? Why do you need a date like a specific time to make a change in your life? Like, it's just it's just whatever to me. But um, I would encourage people to try and find some things that maybe you do want to learn or maybe some things that, you know, you aren't good at because, you know, there are a few things. There are some things out there to listeners right now. You, you guys avoid these tasks, whatever it may be. It might be writing. It might be graphic design. It might be video editing. It might be photography, whatever it is. Um, and I would, one, tell you to admit yourself that, hey, somebody's probably going to say something, yeah, but at the same time, what happens if I don't try? You know, Definitely. I don't get better, and next opportunity that arises, you're still that much far behind. It's just, it is what it is, but anyway, um, so you got to AUM. It was your time. Like you said, they really gave you the time to experiment and stuff, Uh. Uh, kind of a, my questions along the same lines as earlier. Uh, anything you didn't expect? I mean, what were some roles, uh, some opportunities that came about that uh, really helped advance your career? Yeah. So um, that is that is actually the perfect question because uh, my first year it was uh, Tim Lutz, myself, and Austin Penny who is now, I believe, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. Um, he's He absolutely kills it uh, with, with the graphics and everything. So my first year, um, you know, I'm <laughs> starting, to, starting to get this whole SID thing, and I'm sure Tim could tell some funny stories on some deadlines that I was way behind on. Um, but, you know, that's, that's part of the learning curve. I mean, you know, you make mistakes, and... Um, I definitely learned that uh, media guides are no joke <laughs> and they take a lot uh, of time. You can't just lie about it. <laughs> um, but I, I think one of the best learning experiences was uh, so my, my first year there, it was uh, the three of us and we ended up winning the, um, the, the best SID team in the, uh, in the country. I don't, I don't remember the name of the award. Um, but we were the, we were voted the best NAIA, um, SID team in the country based on how we did in the publications contest and everything like that. Um, we had a couple videos win awards. We had a couple, um, couple graphics win awards. We had, uh, pretty much all of our media guides were ranked in some fashion. So, you know, we were doing a great job and then Austin got a job at Auburn over the summer. And so that kind of, and while he was there, I was able to, you know, the pressure was off me because AUM doesn't have um, a ton of sports. So I was able to, you know, travel with the softball team out to uh, Sioux city to see them try to go back to back uh, national championships. Um, Phenomenal experience. I was able to, you know, help cover our basketball team, help cover our soccer team. That was doing pretty good. Um, so being able to kind of lay back and observe because they treated me like a a true GA my first year where it was kind of, you know, very much you fill in where necessary, we'll give you some responsibility, but we're not, you know, throwing you to the wolf, so to speak. Um, and then my second year happens, Austin leaves in the summer and, you know, Tim comes to me and he goes, you know, Billy, I'm, I'm going to need you this year. He's like, you know, we can't pay you anything extra. Um, and, the, and the school doesn't want to hire an assistant. So, you know, I'm, I'm really going to have to rely on you. And um, he, he offered that challenge to me. And so I spent the entire summer um, learning the ins and outs of Photoshop, learning the ins and outs of actions. Um, I can't even tell you how many hours yeah. I spent on YouTube, <laughs> uh, YouTube tutorials. Um, and pretty much, you know, from the ground up taught myself, you know, okay, this is what Topaz Labs is. This is awesome. Here's how, 
you know, you do this. And what I would do to practice for anybody that's out there looking is, you know, watch a YouTube tutorial and then just go to Google or go to your favorite professional team, your favorite college team. Um, you know, I'm a Bulldogs fan because I'm from Georgia. I'm sure <laughs> some people are not going to like that, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so I, I, uh, I follow all of the Georgia athletic social media accounts. Um, I follow a lot of Tennessee, uh, Texas, um, USC does some pretty crazy stuff. Uh, Kentucky is pretty good. Um, you know, and then you got your professional organizations, but look at, look at who you're a fan of, because, you know, if you're a fan of them, you're going to want to try to, you know, do something cool. And so what I would do is while I was practicing, I would go look at George's postgame graphic and I'd say, okay, how did they do this? Let me try to recreate that. Let me see how can I how can I learn how to layer mask like that? How can I learn what a little bit of drop shadow does here or what a little bit of inner glow does there? And really trying to recreate those graphics took my you know expertise to the next level. And we I think we killed the social media game my second year. Um, I was pretty much in charge of all of our graphics and our designs and our templates. And we brought in another graduate assistant um, who worked with me, but I kind of took the head on that because um, I was there for a, for a year before. So I kind of, you know, and it was kind of funny because no. that was when the, uh, have you ever heard of the fury action? Oh, okay. So yeah. it's what makes yeah. it look like people are like on fire. <laughs> Um, so it's a Photoshop action, pay like three bucks and you get a lifetime license. Super awesome. Um, but we ended up using a lot of fury stuff and, you know, I, I had that opportunity and I look back on it where, you know, I had the chance where I either wanted to, you know, step up or shut up. And that that's pretty blunt, but I try to be a pretty blunt person. Um, you know, I was given the opportunity. Do you want to step up to the plate or, you know, do you want to just kind of coast along? And I think that choice being given to me made me more motivated to really, really step up. And um, some articles ended up coming out at the end of the year uh, going over like the top, top NCAA social media presences. And AUM was up there with Duke, Notre Dame, Clemson. And to be even in that same conversation was such a huge, you know, because when, when you're when your back's against the wall and you have to fight and then being able to overcome that and and see that recognition, because 90, I can't even tell you how many long oh, yeah. days, long hours I've had as an SID where you don't get that recognition. You Nobody never knows that you were in the office until two o'clock in the morning. Um, but to see that and to use that experience for the better and to really kind of, you know, grow in my own, um, I, I think that, you know, I will always be thankful for what happened in Montgomery and, and for Tim and um, Jesse Rosa, who's the AD now still uh, absolutely supporting me. And, you know, I, I, I am no, I'm no saint. I mean, I... <laughs> had a couple of really, really bad mistakes um, that, you know, I, I, I paid for. And, you know, using those mistakes, I think is, is, is crucial to, you know, a, a young professional um, using those mistakes is not career enders, but, you know, career builders, you know, career turnarounds where, you know, let's say you, made a graphic for someone being an all American mm -hmm. and you misspelled her last name. But by the time you realize it, it's already got 20 retweets. So, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where you just kind of bite the bullet and you say, you know, I'm not perfect. I messed up. Let's, let's be better next time. And I think learning from those opportunities, because, you know, I was essentially a, Twenty-five, twenty-six-year-old trying to relearn Photoshop and keep up with with the times, and you know, put my own spin on it and help push you know our athletes and what we were doing on social media to the next level. And 
you know, I'd only been doing Photoshop for essentially, you know, less than a year. Um, so I, I was very accepting of that. And I've always, I've kind of carried that into, you know, how I do things now where I tell kids, I tell coaches, I tell athletes, you know, if you have an idea, bring it to me. Like if you saw something really sick that your hometown team did, let's see if we can recreate that. And then I try to give them those opportunities as well, where, you know, I've, I've given, um, you know, a couple of my work studies that I think, you know, want to pursue this, you know, Hey, here's, here's a, here's a template, play around with it. Or, you know, here, here's my laptop. I don't have, um, I can do everything on my desktop today, you know, play around with some graphics if you want to. Um, so I think passing that along and giving people the opportunities, because uh, it was something I didn't even know that I really liked. And now, you know, with all these uh, templated softwares out there, you know, I'd, I'd rather design my own graphics. And yeah, I'm in the same way. Yeah, you know, it's just like I, I that's something that I've grown to love. And it's something I didn't even know I liked three years ago but it's something that I was open to trying and, you know, it kind of worked out. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll ask one more question before we got to move on here. Um, you talk about making mistakes and I, I've, I've told this story before. Uh, I mean, everybody makes mistakes in their job and, and what I've had happen here a few times now where I, I kind of like, you know, I try to like not bash on myself too much mm. you know and um there was just sometimes earlier in the year where i was like come on dave you know like we should have known that um but uh, i i remember watching a football game and i've worked with our football team uh immensely over the past couple of months now and um i just remember one play a freshman cornerback uh, committed holding um and it cost basically the game in, in a loose way of saying, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. but coach wasn't mad. He's, I just saw him kind of do like slashing thing across his throat, across his throat and mouth the words, cut it out next play. And that's the kind of the mentality that, that I've had. Um, basically ever since that loss to Michigan state, uh, and believe it or not, it's actually helped out a lot. So, um, how would you, recommend somebody uh kind of take those mistakes and kind of own them one own them and two fix them uh and and maybe even learn to accept that they're going to make mistakes um yeah i think i guess i can share my mistake um (laughs) it's pretty embarrassing Mm. but uh you know it happens um i was actually in gulf shores alabama with our softball team and I missed the bus going to the softball park. I overslept, oh, missed my alarm, and woke up to some pretty angry uh, messages from my boss. And <laughs> um, that's probably the worst pit in my stomach feeling that I've ever had in my life. Um, so, you know, I'm scrambling, I'm running around. I'm like, well, how, how am I going to get here? You know, it's like 10 minutes away. And some mom that her, her daughter was actually in the tournament as well was staying at the same hotel. And she was like, I can give you a ride. So I ended up getting there. Everything worked out. Um, and I think that when you make a mistake, you know, first, first and foremost, you know, I called my boss and I apologize. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm extremely sorry that cannot happen. It won't happen again. Um, but you know, like at that point, I'm not, I'm not a big excuse person. Yeah. You know, if, if you mess up, you mess up, you own it and then you move forward. Um, so, you know, I called, I apologize. I called the softball coach, apologized, um, apologized to him in person as well. Called the AD, apologized as well. Um, you know, and then, and then you move forward. Um, I think that a lot of times, that's something that I've kind of grown up on where, you know, you see, I mean, just this weekend, if you follow, you know, college football, the, the Ole Miss Mississippi state game, Oh yeah. Uh, guy misses an extra point. They lose by one. 
um, you know, the, so many people focus on that one moment in the game. You know, it was it was the extra point. They lost it for us. But there was 300 other situations in the game that, that could have changed the game for the better, mm-hmm. where your team could have won the game, um, where it didn't have to come down to an extra point. And I think focusing on the the big picture, I guess, is, you know, especially in, you know, sports information where you're sending out 20 releases a week sometimes, or, you know, on a weekend, you could have seven game day graphics going on, um, depending on the thing, you know, if, if you make a mistake, you know, you learn from it, you address it, you move on. Um, I had a, I had a coach uh, come talk to me a couple weeks ago and, you know, she felt like her team was, was getting slighted in coverage a little bit. And, you know, I, I heard her out and I said, I completely understand. And I, I agree with you. I think that I could do better, um, you know, getting, getting y'all stuff out and I'll do better. And I think having that open line of communication with your coaches and yourself um, allows, because it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a flawed world. Mistakes are going to happen. And, to, to think that you're going to be perfect on every graphic or every story or every video is just unrealistic. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a very competitive person, but if, if you think like that, you're setting yourself up for failure because then when you do fail, you're not going to know how to handle it. Yeah. Um, so I think in, in my personal opinion, the best thing to do is to acknowledge it, you own it, and then you move forward. You don't spend a lot of time on it. You know, it's kind of like that, um, you know, hey, we just won the national championship. Tomorrow starts preparing for the next day, of the next national championship, where, you know, you have that that short memory, you know, you got to move on from it. Um, but I think I think the, the big thing is, you know, there's a difference in owning it and moving forward and owning and learning from it. Like you can own a mistake, but if you don't learn from that mistake, you know, it's more likely to happen again. And I think um, like a lot of things that I've seen from conversations I've had or like even things I've done myself where I own it and I didn't learn from that or I didn't change a behavior, um, then owning it, you know, you're going to keep owning it because you're going to keep making mistakes. but I, I think don't don't be afraid to, you know, fail at the same time where, you know, my boss, my bosses have always told me, don't ever be afraid to come to me with an idea or a project. You know, don't don't be afraid of failure, but use failure to make you better in a way where, you know, you may not have done good. Well, how am I going to do better or how can I come up with a better idea? How can I come up with and that's that's helped me so much where you know now at the beginning of the summer i've i've got all my game day templates designed i've got all my all america graphics designed i've got my weekly schedule graphics because what happened was i was in the middle of a season we have someone win an all american award i don't have a template everything else gets pushed back and then some stuff never even got covered because i wasn't prepared for that so you know I owned it. I said, that's my fault. I apologize. And then you learn and then you move forward. Yeah, that's great advice for anybody out there who's uh, going through the same thing or might want to, you know, not be so harsh on yourself moving forward. Um, I'd like to transition to part of the interview uh, where I like to ask some fun questions. Billy, how does that sound? Yeah, that's perfect, man. Awesome. I got some quick hitters for you here as we're bumping up against time. But uh, what's your favorite memory of your professional tenure? Favorite memory, probably uh, this past year. Um, there's there's a couple different memories, but this past year, I got to travel with our men's wrestling team out to uh, Iowa, and one of our wrestlers, uh, Nasomi Pozo, became a four-time national champion, two-time NAI, and two-time JUCO. Um, so just being around that kind of you know greatness, you know, people talk about the goat all the time, the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, just being able to, to witness that and, and cover him and, you know, just be a part of that moment is, is probably something I'll never forget. What about the other side? What's your biggest horror story? 
<laughs> probably waking up in that hotel in Gulf yeah. Coast, Alabama with uh, <laughs> a bunch of missed calls and a voicemail saying that I had to pay for the rest of my hotel stay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I would say that's kind of a nightmare scenario. Yeah, that was a that was a rough one. Yeah. And it, but but you could have had the, you know, oh, I could probably stay an extra night in uh, Gulf Shores, you know, not a bad place to be. Yeah, it was uh it was definitely I mean either that or you know the uh the classic right before tip off of a basketball game and your computer goes into windows updates that's happened a couple times so Yeah, yeah. too. <laughs> also had the go to click national anthem and you just hear broom like they can't find the source file. Yep. It's like oh crap. So somebody's got to sing it, right? Or you trust a uh, student worker to type in the national anthem and they type in another country's national anthem, which has happened to me before. <laughs> that was a fun one. Uh-huh. Uh, we've talked a lot about uh, kind of goals and moving forward here today. But um, what's one thing other than kind of the video and everything that you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? Um, I would definitely say the the one thing I'm interested to learn more about is, you know, telling athletes stories in the raw you know form that they come in um i think graphics do a phenomenal job i think you know videos can do a phenomenal job but to really you know those like touchy feely you know you see on espn like those stories that you know you know your athletes have um i think that's something i really want to learn how to do is how to navigate that and how to really, you know, because ultimately that's, that's our job is to, you know, put these athletes um, to tell their stories, to uh, recognize them when, when they succeed and, you know, to be there to pick them up when, when they, uh, they fall short. Um, And I think um, I've definitely kind of taken a step back away from the video and, um, one thing I've I've really learned this year is I was fortunate enough to get money to hire an intern. And so, you know, another little piece of advice is, you know, don't be afraid to hire what you're not good at. You know, don't. So I found an intern who is absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal with video. I mean, she is absolutely stellar with, you know, being able to tell a story and being able to get those interviews and get those clips and put them together. And I knew that was an area that I wasn't very good at. And um, I've been learning so much from her and, you know, really as an intern, you know, you expect to be, you know, learning from your boss or, you know, learning Mm -hmm. how to do things, but I've really (laughs) kind of, you know, humbled myself and kind of taken a back seat and I'm like, wait, how did you do that? (laughs) Um, so I think using, you know, using the student athletes and, um, you know, really learning from them and allowing them to, you know, kind of share their journey with you and not make it seem like, yeah. you know, you're trying to profit off them or you're like, oh, man, this is going to get so many views because this is a crazy story. But um, trying to really cater to the athletes and and really learn how to, you know, navigate those conversations and really kind of build that trust is, is something I really, really want to try to pursue. The next time someone is in the Marietta area, what's your restaurant bar recommendation? Uh, <laughs> uh, there's this great place called Grub Burger Bar. Um, they have probably some of the best burgers I've ever had. Um, it's down, down the road. Um, if you're in town for a little bit, uh, we're right down the street from SunTrust Park, so definitely check out the battery. They've got some great food, great drinks, catch a Braves game. Um, they've got like a little uh, concert venue there as well. Um, honestly, there's there's a lot. There's a lot of good food. There's the uh, Marietta Market that they just built down the road. Uh, they took an old uh, train station and they cleared it out, and there's a bunch of little food kiosks oh, there in go. there um so yeah i mean that's that's a that's a mix of everything parking is a little (laughs) sketchy around the marietta market but um if you can find parking it's definitely worth it there's a ton a ton of options 
um couple of places that have been on like shark tank you know they show up in there yeah. so um definitely a lot of food options there and i mean there's i i love where i live to be honest you know it's there's anything and everything you can go to an atlanta united game go to a braves game go to a falcons game go to a hawks game and if there's any advice that you know i could give to, to sids is when you go to a venue like that you know learn see how they play their music look at how they do their yeah. pa what are they doing on their tickets what are they doing for in-game promotions i mean i i one one of the best pieces of advice i was ever given was when you go on a trip or when you go somewhere don't ever leave empty-handed whether it's a game day program or it's a ticket stub or you know it's a little prize they gave out you know don't come away um enjoy the experience absolutely but you know always be thinking you know even even at the smallest levels you know naia we don't have a ton of funding you know how can i maybe incorporate something that the university of georgia does during their football kickoffs during a basketball game or you know anything like that and i think just just have fun you know that that's that's my main piece of advice is i uh, i love it i get to you know watch i get to cover sports i get to hang out with friends and you know not stay in the office too late all the time um but yeah there's there's if anybody's ever in marietta feel free to uh hit me up call me text me yeah um that's the next question how do we get in touch with you yeah so uh <laughs> My Twitter is uh, bmangumsid. Um, I'm not really on Twitter that much. Uh, Facebook, Billy Mangum. Um, and then uh, Instagram is the Honey Bill. That hasn't changed since college. Fantastic. <laughs> That's a great one, man. Yeah. Well, we all appreciate you coming on. We thank you very, very much. Well, thanks, man. I, I greatly appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. You know, I think the the SID business has really kind of kicked in overdrive the last couple of years, and um, you know, just just the brotherhood and um, sisterhood too. Sometimes just the community oh, yeah. itself, um, people reaching out to me, helping me. Um, I mean, there's there's too many people to thank. Um, you know, so a huge shout out to the SID community for you know, really kind of changing the game and, and really kind of coming together in this profession. You know, we all understand the struggles. We all have been there for the highlights and, and the lowlights. Um, hopefully uh, I can, I can help somebody else and um, you know, really just try to pay it forward as often as I can. Perfect. Well, we all appreciate it. Thank you again. Yeah, man. Thanks.